allow me to be clear. If you take to the sea, you will not come to the United States. Hat tip Fox News for that. All right, welcome back to Into the Fray. Before I kick off into the main topic today, I want to share a Twitter exchange I ran across this morning related to that clip. It's rather enlightening. Camilo Montoya Galvez wrote, DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said Haitian and Cuban migrants and asylum seekers who tried to come to the U.S. by boat will not be allowed to enter the country. Even if asylum seekers establish fear of persecution, they will be resettled in third countries, Mayorkas said. Well, that's interesting. Why would we suddenly change our asylum policy to begin outsourcing asylum seekers? Ryan Saavedra had a good answer to that. He replied, Cubans are being slaughtered by communists, and the Biden administration won't let them come to the U.S. because they know that the majority of Cubans vote for Republicans. He's right. The Biden administration and the Democrat Party are pushing too hard for Marxism and have too tenuous a hold on their position to allow the migration of people who understand what Marxism really is and yearn to be free from its chains. As far as I can tell, we haven't turned away Cuban refugees for decades, maybe even since Castro took power. That's what the wet-foot-dry-foot policy was all about. We have so many Democrat-voting Central and South American illegals flooding across our intentionally poor southern border that it has turned into a full-scale humanitarian crisis. Yet we're turning away legitimate political refugees from Cuba. They're denying asylum based on political ideology, based on what strengthens or threatens their power, based on who they can and who they can't control. The executive branch is occupied by criminals. They are so bent on never losing power They are attempting to federalize elections with H.R. 1, which is blatantly unconstitutional. They're threatening people involved in auditing an election that was questionable at best. They're trafficking blue-voting illegal migrants from the border into red states. They've created a boom market for cartel traffickers in Mexico. They're literally trafficking human beings to secure votes. If you haven't seen Dinesh D'Souza's documentary, Hillary's America, I'm going to recommend it again. It's actually not all that focused on Hillary Clinton. It's focused on the criminal history of the Democrat Party, starting way back with Andrew Jackson. If you want to understand what the Biden administration and the Democrat Party are doing right now, you'll find that documentary very enlightening. One thing I learned from D'Souza's documentary was that the Democrats would intercept migrants coming off the boat from Ellis Island, find them an apartment, get them a job, and then they would make sure that they voted, and that they voted Democrat. By force, if necessary. It doesn't look like anything's really changed. There is a civil war happening in America right now. It hasn't gone hot, and we should be praying with our whole souls that it doesn't. But there is a war between power and freedom happening right now here in the United States of America. We need to start living like it, or it's going to catch us with our pants down. All right, roll intro. Only 
Washington police say protests Monday remain generally peaceful, but say there were, quote, several agitators. Send me another unit, please. Send me another unit. Look what you did to my store. This is a movement, I'm telling you. They're not going to stop. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. So, let's get into the primary topic today. U.S. Interventionalism. We have a long and storied history of involving ourselves in the turmoils of other countries. And our track record isn't great. Why? Because you can't make people free. They have to want it and be willing to take on the responsibility it requires. Freedom is not the default state of human nature. As Dennis Prager likes to say, people don't yearn to be free. They yearn to be taken care of, usually by the government. He says that liberty is not an instinct. It's a value. The instinct is to be taken care of. Liberty takes work. It takes self-discipline. It also takes a high degree of community coordination and strength to defend against tyranny. It took Western civilization hundreds of years to develop the political philosophy, cultural ethos, and institutions necessary for the birth of freedom at the founding of this nation. This is not something you can just give to an uninitiated people. Those precursors have to be fully developed in and adopted by the people who are going to have to live them. Freedom starts in the soul. Only then can it translate into the physical world. In principle, freedom is the determination to take on responsibility for oneself. In practice, freedom is taking on responsibility for oneself. The Foundation for Economic Education posted a few bits of wisdom from Lord Acton, one of the most sagacious defenders of liberty in recorded history. He said, In every age, liberty's progress has been beset by its natural enemies, by ignorance and superstition, by lust of conquest, and by love of ease, by the strong man's craving for power, and the poor man's craving for food. By liberty, I mean the assurance that every man shall be protected in doing what he believes is his duty, against the influence of authority and majorities, custom and opinion. Liberty is the prevention of control by others. This requires self-control. Liberty alone demands, for its realization, the limitation of the public authority, for liberty is the only object which benefits all alike and provokes no sincere opposition. Liberty and good government do not exclude each other, and there are excellent reasons why they should go together. Liberty is not a means to a higher political end. It is itself the highest political end. It is not for the sake of a good public administration that it is required, but for the security in the pursuit of the highest objects of civil society and of private life. Liberty is not the power of doing what we like, but the right of being able to do what we ought. Liberty enables us to do our duty unhindered by the state by society, by ignorance and error. We are free in proportion as we are safe from these implements. 
First, take that. Internalize it. Understand it. In that quote, Lord Acton clearly defines and explains what true liberty is. Without a true understanding of freedom, how are we to ensure it? How are we to protect it? How are we to live it? Second, what he describes is a tall order. It requires a great deal from a very large number of people. And it has another component, which explains why it's so difficult to gift liberty to others and why we are so dangerously close to losing it ourselves. He said, Obscure ethics imply imperfect liberty. For liberty comes not with any ethical system, but with a very developed one. To have liberty, the community, the culture, the nation, must not only understand liberty, but have a very developed system of ethics. Ethics they actually live. John Adams warned us, Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. That's not a flaw in the Constitution. It's the reality of freedom. We intervened in Cuba in the 1890s and freed them from Spain. At the beginning of the 20th century, they had a constitution and representative government. What happened? Political corruption led to consolidation of power, led to a string of dictators, led to desperation and unrest, led to Castro and Marxism. Clearly, we need to be more careful when and how we intervene. And more importantly, if we intervene. There's another problem with intervention. We're trying to clean our neighbors' houses when ours is in shambles. Has been for a while. We're in no position to take on responsibility for the fate of other nations right now. We have a president that is showing clear, unmistakable signs of senility and who has to refer to notes on what he's been told to say anytime he's asked a question. When Biden took office, he didn't become president. The Democrat Party is president right now. That's wrong. It's something George Washington warned us against. Then again, he also warned us against interventionalism, so there's that too. We can't seem to hold free and fair elections here at home. We aren't stopping ideological riots, murder, and mayhem in our own streets. We're constantly lied to by our government, our news media, the internet gatekeepers, our teachers and university professors. Truth is censored by big tech and castigated by our executive branch. Congress has abdicated most of its responsibility. The Supreme Court stopped defending truth and reason a while ago. And the executive branch vilifies half the country and has indirectly threatened the American people with military force. We're standing on one leg, on top of a ladder, juggling, with our eyes closed, and trying to reach out to the rest of the world offering a stabilizing hand. No, we're not in any position to intervene anywhere. And yet, in large measure, we owe our existence to the intervention of the French. During the Revolutionary War, they aided us with arms, ammunition, and men. So, should we cease all intervention? Should we refuse to get involved under any circumstances? Maybe. Now, there may be times when it's appropriate for us to intervene somewhere. Certainly, we should be far more selective than we have been. We don't have this figured out. 
Perhaps it would be wise if we put a moratorium on intervention until we get it figured out. Of the Cuban people, I truly hope that they can gain their freedom and build a strong, stable, free country. They've lived in miserable conditions for a very long time, and I hope there's a light on the horizon for them. I also think that if we get involved, we'll make things oh so much worse. If we get involved right now, I think we'll doom them to repeat our last intervention. And I don't want to doom them. All right, I'm going to leave it there. If you want to support the show, you can go to www.intothefraypodcast.com and you'll find the aptly named section, Support the Show. You can also share these episodes. That really is huge. If everyone listening shared an episode, maybe this one, maybe your favorite episode, maybe all of them, wishful thinking, right? If everyone listening shared something, we would reach tens of thousands of people. That's a bit more than I can do alone. So, till next time, be informed, stay safe, pray for Cuba, and don't do anything stupid. Thank you.